On today's Sports and Rec, we talk about what happened in week four of the NFL and the NBA Finals. We also restart our Parks and Rec rewatch and discuss episodes one and two of season three. Hope you enjoy the pod. Welcome to Sports and Rec. I'm Anthony Restivo alongside Casey McGarvey. Today is Friday, October 9th. Are we going to see a full, complete NFL season? Uh, what do you think? I don't know. Um, I think it's too hard. You know, I heard a couple of different scenarios that I think, like, looking back might have worked better if they thought about the schedule or lengthening the schedule in certain ways. But, you know, all this traveling, the size of rosters, the size of staff you need around a football team to make it run. Um, And seems like some of these teams are just disregarding some of the rules put in front of them by the NFL. Um, I don't know. I think they might have to go back to the drawing board. Um, I heard two ideas that were put forward, one this morning. they possibly should have done in every other week NFL season, mm. you know, two weeks in between each game, just to make sure proper testing time in between, you know, teams going across country, different things like that. And then also possibly, you know, doing four weeks at a time and seeing where you're at. Um, but, you know, we were kind of at this point with major league baseball and they figured it out. It sure seems like the NFL is going to keep pressing on for now. Um, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a new positive test every morning. And this schedule flip-flop and moving around, it, it's, a, it's it clearly is a mess. Yeah. I mean, they. I think they have some flexibility built into it. Like, obviously, you can move up a team's bye week and, and that kind of stuff. And they can kind of extend it, you know, beyond week 17, so to speak. Uh, but there's not a lot of wiggle room. I think they'd be okay pushing the Super Bowl until like March or so. Um, but that's still not a ton of time. Um, and like you said, some of this stuff, I was surprised that they rushed the Patriots like they did. Cause then there was a, a second positive test from one of their players, um, which Pat Mahomes had very close contact with on after the game on that. Um, what was that Monday night or Sunday night? Whatever night it was. Monday. Yeah. It was the first game on Monday. Yeah. And, um, so that's had that situation. The Tennessee Titans have just continued to have more. They had even had another positive test test this morning. Um, it seems like they broke protocol. So that's kind of on them more so than, and 
some of these other ones might I guess it's unclear how those players contracted it. Um, but like with the Tennessee, it sounds like they were ignoring protocols and stuff like that, um, not wearing their masks and um, holding practices when they weren't supposed to be. Um, they're in trouble again for this week. I, I think there's some rumors that some of the punishments might be losing draft picks. In my eyes, that's not harsh enough. I think they should be forfeiting games uh, at a certain point. Um but I don't know, like how that ends up working. Like, it's going to be hard. I don't know if they'll finish a full sixteen game season. I know. Um, I agree with you. I don't think draft picks are enough. I think you need to kind of punish the player, especially for the essentially captain's practice that the Titans had. Um, I think they should need to be sacrificing a game check, um, and it needs to come out of their pocket for their selfishness. Um, with the scheduling stuff, I mean there's bye weeks and different things, but they're running into tough scenarios. Like bills and Titans are supposed to play. They got to move that game to Monday or Tuesday. Bills are supposed to play Thursday against the chiefs. So you got to move that game to Saturday. Saturday is a full slate of college games. What channel do you put them on? Like it's so one of these channels is going to lose an NFL game for them. So like CBS has SEC football and Fox has college football. And so what channel is now going to lose an opportunity to show an NFL game if they have to move that game to a Saturday? So, I mean, it, yeah, they have the bye weeks for now, but like the Titans already used that bullet against the Steelers. So it's a nightmare. Um, Yeah. I don't don't know what they're going to do because it's a tough situation because then it, we think like, oh, it's just impacting this one team, but then it impacts the team that they're facing that week, and then that screws up some of their stuff. So, like the Steelers now had their bye week in week four, which I prefer. I would imagine they would prefer not to have it be that early in the season. Um, that typically the bye weeks don't start till week five. Um, so yeah, I mean it starts to screw up other teams' bye weeks and stuff like that, and yeah, it just ends up be becoming like a domino effect a, across the board. Um, in addition to like it, like we already mentioned, it's it's starting to happen on some other teams too, um, with the cause unclear. But still, like it's probably not going to be a one-off situation. It's still pretty early, only a quarter of the way through the season, so it's only bound to happen. I mean, it sucks too. Like we had to watch Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham for the for the Patriots against um, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. That ended up being I mean, you know, credit to the Patriots and, and that staff for getting those players up. I mean, it wasn't a blowout like it probably should have been. Um, but, like, you wanted to see Mahomes against Cam Newton. That would have been a much better game. So now it's impacting probably ratings-wise and, and some of that, like, quality of play, too, because some of the better players, it, it's bound to happen to them, too. It's not just going to be some of the bench players. It's going to be a, across the board. It's going to be some of the talent. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's a mess. I, I think it's a little worse than baseball just because it's even bigger. Like it's like I want to say at least double in terms of at least uh, player personnel. Because um, I know baseball has like thirty person rosters. Football's got to be sixty to eighty, right? Something in that range. Uh, and they might have even expanded it more than that too. Well, I think they still have the fifty-three man roster, but you have a practice squad, and then you just have the people around the team that they need to run the team. Well, yeah, the staff players. too. I think the. Another thing about baseball, baseball pretty much plays every day. So it doesn't give players time away as a lot of, as much time away from the facility. They don't, they're not shutting down facilities like they had to do for the Titans, not forcing the players, but 
the players then thought like, well, we will go practice somewhere else together, which it was against the NFL protocols. So yeah, the major league baseball had these slip ups, but the rest of the team didn't have like downtime. Like they had to keep playing those other players left. And, but the, it's not a traveling bubble because you can't have a traveling bubble, but the MLB teams are so just together with how tight that schedule is and how many games they play and how little downtime they have as a professional team might have not benefited them, but didn't give the players room to make mistakes like the Titans did. Um, But yeah, I definitely think the Titans need to get lose lose paycheck kind of set this precedence that we're not messing well kind of messing around because they're actually still playing but we're taking this seriously if you want to get the season in you need to take it seriously as well um, or you will be losing money out of your pocket yeah it's still i mean it's still unclear to me too like what the nfl's protocol is right now like i know the nba's was very clear um i think baseball's even had like a little bit more uh transparency i i really just don't know what what the football's plan is i think it's probably clear but clearly not as public as the NBA made theirs. Um, and, and I mean, the NBA was, I mean, kind of clear in general, like we have a bubble, we are playing right. here in Disney. You don't leave. That's pretty, that's pretty cut and dry. And then NFL is, you're right. It's totally not clear. And, you know, Dallas can have fans. You're right. Florida now is open to have everybody. I, they're not going to have everybody, but they're open. Like they, the governor said they could, um, but then you have like in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are first time having fans this weekend, but then there's other places not having fans. So you're right. It is, it is muddled water for sure. And then with the, I don't even know if they're measuring this, but like, what are the long-term impacts of those things? Like, are they following up with those fans that they let in to see like if they had anything happen? Cause I would imagine that in their eyes, they're kind of like test negative to come in to the, to the stadium. But as soon as you leave, Sure, it doesn't matter to us anymore. Like, we don't care what happens with you guys anymore. Um, Which is, like, unfortunate that you'd be the ones, like, kind of offering that out and then not really helping them. Like, again, with the NBA, they only let fans in that tested negative, and those people were getting tested regularly once they entered the bubble. Um, And I'm not even sure how – I like some of those ideas that you were talking about where it's, like, kind of, like, four weeks at a time or, um, you know, every other week. Some of those things are kind of interesting. I think they could get creative with that too and, and kind of create month-long bubbles um, where like, here, like six teams or eight teams or whatever are going to, let's just say, LA. Um, and two games on Saturday, one at this time, one at this time, and two games on Sunday, one at, one at this time, one yeah. at this time. And, and then you pick a couple other places where those are and then they just continue to be those like – you know, the, you continue to use those same locations throughout the rest of the season. Um, and it's not, I mean, Saturday games are not unusual to, to them. They use it for the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, they'd be competing with college football, but I think it, for them, who cares? Yeah. NFL NFL will win that, so. I, I, you'd run into a lot of issues with contracts and different things like that. I think they'd want to stay on Sundays, but I like your pot idea, especially with, you know, I don't know, but the NFC East is playing, I don't know, what are they playing? Say they're playing the AFC North. Bring those teams into a bubble and play those games over yep. a month, a whatever it takes, and then... The next group. So, yeah, they play in each division. So, like, yeah. just choose one hub for each division and base it on 
like one of those conferences, like the NFC East, I think they're playing, uh, I don't know. The AFC East is playing the AFC West, let's just say. Like that's happening this year. So then like, let's say Kansas City is like a, a hub. So all the AFC East and all the AFC West teams go there for that month and they play their games at the Kansas City Stadium for that time frame yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't I know. Like- I just I don't even know if they're talking about that, but like I mean that's kind of a combination of the basketball and kind of what baseball is doing now for the playoffs where before it was the better seeded team got the home stadium and now they're playing at bubble spots. So now it's like San Diego and I forget where the other stadium is where they're playing, but um but yeah, that's kind of an interesting concept where I don't know if they can implement it now. It's a lot more logistics and I, I, I don't know if they've had these as like backup plans or, or anything. It's a little late and you just run into the practice space, the player space, but I like that idea. I think it's the closest thing you could get to a bubble. Um, I, mean, yeah, I think it's the closest thing you get to a bubble. You just have to figure out field space and get a lot of things on board. Um, and do you really handle the protocol there too? Like it's got to be like locked in because again, if these teams are sharing locker rooms and stuff, because again, you're still bringing in what amounts to eight teams playing in the same stadium. But like, as long as it's a controlled space, just like basketball, it's not a big deal. You set to have everyone following protocol and then punishing players when they're not. Um, and I don't know even what the punishments are for Tennessee, except that the games got canceled. And I, and like for example. Yeah, and like assuming Cam Newton, which it doesn't sound like he broke any protocols, just happened to contract it. Um, like a player like that shouldn't be suspended or have any punishments. But like if people are breaking, just like the NBA, they were kicked out of the bubble if they ended up breaking protocols um, and and asked to like or not kicked out necessarily, but maybe they're quarantining so they can't play in the game, so they're just sitting in their room for like that whatever window that they had established. Um, so you could be doing that with Tennessee, which you, we kind of talked about them and I think they like, they talked about draft picks. I talked about forfeiting. I think that's even been brought up. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with them. What do you, do you think ultimately they'll be able to finish the season? I think they might be done. Like now I can see the NFL one take like a really strong stance here and show that they do care about this stuff. Cause I think that's the joke now among people is that it's not a surprise cause the NFL doesn't care about their players. Um, so this is kind of par for the course think, with them, but I don't think they'll be done because not everybody plays them. So that could be an extra win for every other team. I know wins and losses aren't the important thing right now, but that is a point that will be brought up by other teams that don't get to play the Titans or teams that lost to the Titans before this happened. Um, I don't think the NFL PA will, I think they'll fight pretty hard to make sure those players still get an opportunity to play and get a paycheck. Um, but it's all uncharted water. Like it's it, everything that they do or decide on as a punishment will set a precedence. So I don't think it'll be the end of a season, but one game paycheck for a lot of these players. I mean, that's a, that's a ton of money for some of them and they only get 16 games to make their money. So, um, and that could be, you know, a lot of these, players have incentives built into their contracts. One game could be the difference of a big bonus for them or not reaching a bonus. You know, like we talked about Cam Newton, his contract is super low with um, 
different incentives built in. He missed a game, not saying he did anything wrong, but he just missed a game, which means he missed opportunities to reach those incentives or whatever they have, how many games in a row you play, how many tackles you get in the game, how many touchdown passes you're going to throw. So I'm kind of with you. I think a forfeiture of a game, forfeiture of a game check, it's not only one game. It could really affect a lot of these guys' contract throughout the entire season. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it because um... – it's unclear right now. And I think they're still kind of doing investigations into it. And that's how we kind of found out that they broke protocols and held the practice and, and some of these other things. So I'm sure there's talks now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they end up handling it. Um, the NFL has got a lot of eyes on it now. Um, I mean, some of this stuff too is getting ridiculous. I think the Patriots took two different planes to their, to their game. I mean, that's a little over the top. Like at that point, just, push that game out too like why 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 risk that if you're gonna have a team have to take two flights and put the two player or player groups of players that like maybe had close contact with cam newton so what so they can pass the the disease to all each, each other like i don't know like some of this stuff is like come on what are we doing here um, and they shut down i think traffic on 93 or something so they could get to the airports like really like come on like yeah we gotta do better than that people need to get to work and you're just trying to get them to a to a airport to get to a football game so yeah i agree with you they're trying to put on a face that they're being careful but i'm like they're just flying not together and then you'll be together like in a few hours it's silly yeah it's not a lot of logic put into it and that's what makes me worried that i don't know what they have in store it seems like they again the nfl's has a history of not really caring about their players so much um and so like i even i think their mentality was like oh if a player contracts a virus then like oh we just expand your rosters and you can just replace you know that person and it's like that's not how it works uh, and it's not the mentality you should be having about this either yeah. um so we'll see i think like i said a lot of eyes especially with the nba coming to a close with their bubble and how successful that's been um and them kind of like holding the spotlight for such a long time and now the nfl's taking it up next and not doing so great with it kind of like we already mentioned baseball had a similar start to it so we'll see mlb was able to recover we'll see if the nfl is able to um right now it's small but like could grow pretty quickly i'll give some teams credit because it seems like you know some teams have done a good job but the dominoes are beginning to fall yeah um and they're still a 75 percent of the season plus yeah. playoffs to go yep. so we'll see it's a long ways to go it'll be interesting to see how it plays out um in regards to the actual play on the field um the nfc east is terrible i mean i thought so again i i picked the cowboys to go to the super bowl <laughs> here let me re-explain like why that thinking was in place i thought they were going to have an incredible offense which actually most people thought yeah, they this. do and their offense is great. Yeah. I thought they would have a defense that would be subpar, or like to the point of like the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense last year was not super special. It was middle of the pack, like solid, um, but it had its moments. And I thought that's where the Cowboys would end up living with theirs. And they actually have like one of the worst defenses. I think they're almost giving up 35 plus points a game like Dak is putting up historic numbers just to keep them in games and and I'm not even giving him full credit because I think some of that stuff is garbage time stuff that he's able to like put up stats in um but like yeah so that was way off that that prediction was 
I like they have no chance of making the Super Bowl in my eyes now. Like I'm already counting them out. They might make the playoffs still, but they have no shot at the Super Bowl. That defense is not terrible. Not that NFC. Hell no. The yeah, they might not even get out of the NFC East now. The Eagles hey, are in first place. <laughs> Which I don't know how that happened, but like, God, like. <laughs> They need to start playing the people in their division. That's their only chance they have right now to like turn their season around. Absolute dumpster fire of games. But yeah, I mean the Eagles don't look good at all. Um, they snuck out a win against the 49ers, which were injury injury depleted in that on like their backup quarterback. Um, and they end up switching quarterbacks again in in there. So they were on their third string quarterback at some point in that game. Um, yeah, the. Uh, Washington football team just changed their quarterback away from Haskins. Um, the Giants are just a complete garbage fire too. There's, that's like I'm gonna try to pick up every in fantasy whoever team whatever team is facing them uh, as the defense for for each week. Yeah, yeah, I, I, man, that's the Cowboys. That's their only hope is is playing those teams and, and winning out or maybe losing one game to like the Eagles or something. Um, but yeah, that was. I think my reasoning made sense. I, it wasn't unrealistic to think that like the Cowboys defense could play like the Chiefs defense last year, which is not like saying they have a good defense in any way. It's just like solid enough that their offense was good enough that it would bring them over the top, but like clearly not the case even in the slightest. Every year somebody picks the Cowboys. So you're not alone. Every year. I know, usually don't. And I'm a fa- I'm, I'm a homer and I usually don't even pick them. But this year I was like maybe this is the year. The NFC seems wide open and man. Big plug for Annie Agar. If you're not following her on Twitter, she does Zoom meetings for college football and NFL football every Monday. They are hilarious and if you want to know how the Cowboys feel, you should go watch um, her. So big plug to her. She's She's gone viral. She's hilarious. I look forward to her content every Monday. Um, but yeah, NFC is terrible. Um, but the rest of the NFC is doing really well. Packers looked outstanding on Monday night against a very bad Falcons team. Very bad Falcons team. I don't know. Who do you think is the next to go? Uh, Dan Quinn or Adam Gates for the Jets? Yeah, it's a good question because that was something else we are going to get to. So we had our first coach firing. It was the Texans. Um which isn't surprising. I think if you had to rank them, especially how poorly they started the season, so it was like they had a chance because it was they had Deshaun Watson. They made the playoffs last year, um, so like they had some level of hope, but they started off the season so terribly, ended up not being as much of a surprise. I am surprised he was the first one though. I was very much convinced it was going to be Gase. So if I had to guess, that he's still the one on the chopping block next. Um, what do you think? I've heard this this week. The Bill O'Brien, the GM, got Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired. Because he was also the GM for the Texans. So do you think him trading away DeAndre Hopkins and some of these other things got Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired? Because, you know, they played the Chiefs and the Ravens in two of those first four games, which are Super Bowl contenders. So, you know, those are two tough, two very tough teams that they were not probably favored against. So it's not like they lost to four cupcakes to start the season. Yeah, I think they're basing it on quality of play. And my guess is that conversa- that decision did not happen without a conversation with Deshaun Watson. Um, I would hope it didn't happen without his, his consent because he seems like obviously he's the future of that franchise. There was also a story that came out that J.J. Watt and O'Brien got into a huge heated argument. Again, another franchise person that I'm I sure has 
has like um, a pretty uh, strong influence in that organization. Um, in addition to, I think before Hopkins was traded, he had issues with O'Brien in locker room stuff. Um, so I think it's more of a trend. Um, so to say the GM, I don't think it was solely that. I don't think he helped his his uh, case in any way for some of the decisions that he made, specifically trading away Hopkins, who's having a pretty good season so far uh, on the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would hope that Watson had some say in that um, because he's the one I want to see do really well, and I think he's probably... You know, it's important for them to find a coach that's going to give him the best chance to succeed. And O'Brien was not going to be that person. Um, yeah, I'm interested. I was trying to figure out who we think they would hire. Like, obviously, I think they'll have an interim coach for the rest of the season. Um, but I was trying to think of what people they should target as head coach for next year. Um, the first two that came to mind were Biennemi from the Chiefs, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Um, and then uh, Dabble, the Bills offensive coordinator, who's been actually pretty impressive so far this season. And even last year, too, I guess, working with Josh Allen. But kind of seeing what he can do with like a good, talented wide receiver, the the, the progress that Josh Allen, we'll get into that a little bit later, um, the progress that he appears to have made this season. Um, so I don't know. I think he would be another. and Or even the, the other option is, staying with the Bills coaching staff is Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, Um, which I don't know if that helps Watson and and that team specifically, but like the Bills defense is one of the top defenses in the league. So that's a pretty good sign that he's a good coach and knows what he's doing. But Leslie Frazier's had some head coaching experience and did not go well. Um, This is an idea because he's done so well with the Bills. They've been top tier defense the last couple of years. Yeah. I like your idea of the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Um, That'd be fun. I'd love to see him with Watson and what he I could think co- that cook would up. Be an interesting candidate, but I'm always curious to see who goes after jobs. And um, I mean, I forget how the NFL works. You know, you have to ask to interview people at certain points at different times when they're under contract with different teams. Um, but who is the current interim? I don't know if they've even announced that. Um, no, it would be funny, though. I mean, sometimes you can bring college coaches. This won't happen because Dabo is pretty secure at Clemson. But that would be a fun one to have uh, Dabo get brought over to Houston. I'm just starting a rumor that has no basis in any reality or, you know, uh, facts um, in any way. But that would be fun just to see those two paired up together again. Uh, yeah, Romeo Cornell's in room right now, so they won't. He, I mean, he, he won't get it. If they do, then that's a bad decision. <laughs> defensive guy anyways they won't go back to him he's had his opportunities to be head coach and didn't work out uh, right and you know um always a name that gets floated is um josh mcdaniels with the patriots you know, feel like he's oh, yeah. for every head coaching position and he always seems to stay uh with patriots so um i'm sure that name will be in the mix um he's do- he's having some good success with cam right now i think cam's a good player so um, I could see him getting an interview, but uh, I like your Chiefs. I like your Chiefs idea. Yeah, we'll see what they end up going with. I just hope Watson's able to get something uh, of quality in there. Um, when it comes to other coaches, though, I, I said already. I think Gaze is next for the Jets. They're just another garbage, garbage fire, dumpster fire right now. Um, I think Quinn is also very much on the on the block 
and could be not making it. I don't think he'll make it through week eight. Um, and then the other one that people have been throwing around is Matt Patricia too with the Lions because I think a lot of people had high expectations with them. Um, tough schedule to start too. Um, tough loss in week one too. I'm the yeah. rookie uh, like uh, running back drop in the pass in the end zone wide open. Um, so unlucky there, but I think he hasn't performed like Patricia hasn't done up to the, to the level that they would like over the time period that he has. And, um, and with the expectations that I think a lot of people had for this year and they're starting off not too great. So, um, do you think the Cowboys McCarthy's on the chopping block already? <laughs> uh, pardon me. I don't think so. But, but with how long they hung on to, um, their last <laughs> Jason coach, Garrett. Think, yeah. Oh, yeah. Garrett. Um, and like you said, I still think there's time with the amount of talent the Cowboys have around them to turn it around, especially when they get in the portion of their NFC East schedule. And with how bad the rest of the NFC East is, I mean, Cowboys are not good, but I think talent level-wise, they have the most talent out of any team in that league. Um, so I think it's a two-horse race for the NFC East between the Eagles and the Cowboys. I don't think Washington or, or the Giants will be in the mix at all. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, <clears throat> so that's good. Um, you mentioned Josh Allen real quick, too. I know I said I'm still not buying into the hype. I still – I'm, like, getting closer to it, though, because now he's at least played a quarter of the season. He still has his moments of kind of, like, a roller coaster ride, um, some really high highs and really low lows. Um, but overall, he's been – really good season so far um and like in each of the four games it wasn't like he had one good game and a couple mediocre games it's been all pretty like solid numbers uh through the quarter of the season do you think he's actually turned a corner uh yeah um guess we've had on the show a number of times uh steve texted me this weekend (laughs) and he's like is josh allen actually good like is he for real and i think he is um you know on the road against las vegas played well um got a little nervous right before half because he left but uh came right back on um just throwing the ball well has a good receiver and digs a good enough running game um beasley also there you know he's got two veterans he's not turning the ball over it seems like he's worked on his accuracy um and he can run a little bit so I think he's for real. I think the Bills with their defense and, you know, a quarterback, I think they're for real in the AFC East. And um, I think they'll have something to say about the Patriots' reign there. Yeah, it's going to be a fun battle when those games actually happen um, because I don't think it's going to be the the same kind of expectations when going into those games anymore. I, I think it's going to be a dogfight, and it's going to be fun to, to kind of see those two, like, kind of chess match between those teams um to see what works because patriots seem more of a pound it um uh, with cam newton kind of thing um and the bills are kind of more open and kind of like airing it airing it out doing some creative stuff letting uh alan run like he's mentioned um so and then that defense is really good so yeah it's gonna be fun um i would have thought that the patriots were going because again i wasn't fully bought into josh allen so i thought the patriots would end up winning that division again um but now it just makes me want to see two out there even more now like let's just see him start slinging the ball around in miami too that'd be a lot of fun you're sticking with fitzpatrick one more week so yeah i mean yeah some of the other teams i know the chargers officially gave herbert the start for next week and called him the starter my rod taylor man what a tough 
tough break for him. I, I, I feel bad for him. Like I really feel bad for him. Find that doctor, man. Oh my god. Yeah, and then he lost his starting job as a result. That sucks. Um, but yeah, that's it'll be fun to see two out there. And and what's going to be interesting too is there's some really talented quarterbacks in the um, the draft class upcoming. But some of these teams that are doing so poorly, you know, are they going to draft a quarterback? Um, the Jets are have Sam Darnold. You would imagine that would be the future. Do they go with a quarterback if they and go after Trevor Lawrence, who would be maybe be like a once in a lifetime talent? You have Justin Fields from Ohio State. You have this guy from that's been getting a lot of buzz from North Dakota State um, that a lot of people seem to really like, uh, following Carson Wentz's uh, career path. Um, or South Dakota State, wherever it, the two of them went, but it's in that same kind of vein of uh, conference and division. Um, but, like, the Falcons have Matt Ryan still, but maybe they'd be looking for a predecessor. Um, the Texans, obviously, if they end up going really bad, I don't think their season will, will be at the bottom of the ranks, but, like, um, they have Watson, so obviously they're not going to draft a quarterback. Giants, so they bought into Daniel Jones. Would they stick stick with that if they are at the bottom? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see like the teams that are at the worst. Like the, if the Bengals are bad again too, they're not. They have Joe Burrow, so they're not going to take a quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what these teams end up doing that like wasted maybe wasted high draft picks on these quarterbacks and then be already abandoning them for these you know top level rookies that are going to be in the draft um, next year. I think you're fine line with Sam Darnold. I still think he can do it i think i think yeah so they if the jets are the number one pick do they pass on trevor lawrence or trade the pick i think you trade the pick for like king ransom and get as much as you can um because there's going to be somebody that really wants trevor lawrence and you could probably clean up if you get that first round pick so i wouldn't be surprised if the jets traded out of it or just went after the best overall player in the draft Um, i think jets fans would be pissed if they did not take trevor lawrence you think so? You know, you think they... I think if you had a choice between Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence, you'd take Trevor Lawrence. But I don't know if that's how the the organization feels. I think that's how most of their fans feel, though. The Jets are just a dumpster fire, so who the heck knows what they're going to do as an organization? They don't seem to do anything right. Um, I don't know how they were able to, you know, win playoffs games and make an AFC championship with Mark Sanchez. I know it's on the back <laughs> of the defense they had at that point, but holy cow, but... If I still am a fan of Sam Darnold. I think it's too soon to give up on him. Um, I think he could still be very serviceable, but they just need to get the pieces around them and build a team. So they get that first round draft pick. I would seriously try to get as much out of that first round draft pick and trade it um, and not go for Trevor Lawrence. That'd be my opinion. I know Trevor Lawrence is pretty good with Clemson. Um, he's been good from the jump. So, But there's a lot to play out as the year goes on. I mean, who needs a quarterback? Why not? Does Washington need another? Are they going to just right. grab their quarterbacks and get one? Um, I, I, I didn't personally like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones a ton coming in for the Giants. Um, I guess he's been okay, but um, and it's going to be a tough year to really see without having Saquon Barkley in your backfield. Uh, First year head coach too. And so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I I'm the opposite of you. I think Sam Darnold, like you said, is serviceable, maybe. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is serviceable. I think he's a top-tier talent that's going to be part of this future that the NFL is building. Assuming, again, 
that if he were to be drafted by the Jets, that they get him the right head coach and put him in the right like system. Um, which You're is giving the Jets f- too much credit there, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's why I, I'd almost be prefer that they didn't take him just so he could go to a, a good organization. But again, New York is a draw, so like they could, especially if they were to draft Trevor Lawrence, knowing that that was on the table, that could be a draw to a coach. Um, so I don't know. Who knows? Um, but I, I would not be choosing Sam Darnold over uh, Trevor Lawrence. All right. I, I would not choose Sam Darnold over Trevor Lawrence, but if I was a Jets GM, having Sam Darnold, I believe he's a little more than serviceable. I think he's a good NFL quarterback. I trade him. I think he can be a good NFL quarterback, but I, I, you're, you're just hitting the reset button with Trevor Lawrence, and I don't think the Jets will get enough around him. I think they'll get more value out of keeping Sam Darnold at quarterback, trading that first overall pick for a lot more draft picks to put weapons around Sam Darnold. Um, I think where they're at right now, as good as Trevor Lawrence is, and I think he's very talented too, um, I don't think it'd be the right direction, and I don't think I don't think Trevor Lawrence would be able to succeed with the Jets, and I don't think the Jets as an organization would succeed. Blow it up, Jets. I want to see it. I want I want all the drama for that. Next uh, you're getting all the drama. The Jets are built on drama, so... Yeah, I, I want to see them get the number one pick, and then I'm going to watch. I want to see like all of those teams I mentioned be like in like in succession. That's the picks, and they all don't need quarterbacks. And what do they do with all the their draft picks? Yeah, I think it's going to be fun, uh, and see how all of that plays out. Um, I can see the Patriots trading up into that too, which would be uh, scary. Uh, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah, but the never really traded up, so I yeah, really yeah. I don't know though. Uh, all right, so that's enough for the football talk. Any games that you're excited about on the schedule this week? There's a game. We're recording on Thursday night, so there's a game tonight. Um, none, of, none of the games that we're super excited. The Steelers are going to prove they're the dominant team in Pennsylvania, and they're going to beat the crap out of the Eagles. Sorry, all my Eagle fans out there. They're going to beat the crap out of the Eagles. So uh, I didn't get to watch the Steelers last week. I'm looking forward to it. This week, uh, I play in a soccer league on Sundays, and we have a bye week, so I actually get to watch the Steelers for sure. Um, so I'm looking forward to that game. Um, and then I'm kind of looking ahead to Thursday already. Next week, that Bills-Chiefs game is, I think, going to be great. Um, and I know a lot of people were saying how good the Ravens-Chiefs game was, and the Chiefs just dominated them. I, I think this Chiefs-Bills game is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a really good one. So I'm almost jumping ahead to next Thursday already. will be a, a fun one. Um, the other one that was interesting to me, um, obviously the Cowboys get to play the Giants. So I'm just excited to see the, hopefully Cowboys win that game. Um, but the other one, the only other, it's pretty bad slate, but I think seeing the Colts against the Browns, I think that's a tough game for the Browns. So we'll see if they actually, it'll be a, a good sign of whether or not they're starting to be for real. Cause I think they've had a good couple of games in a row. Um, but there's not a lot of good games to pick from, so that's the only one that's kind of like, eh, this could be a, an interesting one to see if either of these two teams are legit. A couple rumors I'm getting through, you know, some of my sources that Pat's Broncos could be moved to Monday, and with no positives, the Titans-Bills game could be moved to Tuesday. That would have been the other one. Titans, we'll Titans-Bills would have been a good one. Um, all right. Well, go ahead. So we got the NBA Finals now. Um, we are four games into it. 
Um, my prediction is completely out of possibility, and the Heat have very little chance of winning. Do you think they have any chance of winning this no, year? It's, it's over. Um, only one team has ever come back from 3-1, and that was LeBron's uh, Cavaliers, um, and he's on the other side of the ball. So, And that uh, took some footnotes I, to, to happen, too. Draymond getting a suspension and missing a yes, game. and Massive something. footnote right there. Yeah. Um, I will give you a pass on your pick um, with the injuries that happened in with uh, game one. It kind of ruined the entire series. Yeah. Uh, heroic effort from Butler in game three. Um, but he's just not capable of doing that every night. It's like the Lakers, how well they shot the three ball in game one. You just knew that wasn't going to happen in every game. I mean, Butler just can't put that team on his back every night with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the other side is it's not. So I think I think it goes five. I think it's done next game. So Yeah, I think so obviously the pick was made before any injuries happened and then they lost their leading scorer, uh Dragic, um, to something that he's definitely not coming back from. Uh I know he's attempting to, but there's no chance. Um Adebayo lost him in the third and he was already a little banged up from the Celtic series, but like kind of really came to fruition in game one. Um, and that was a good game up until about that third quarter. Again, they lost Dragic in the first quarter, I think, um, on, on like a no contact injury. And that's a pretty tough injury to, to play on that he ended up having. Um, so like they had already lost him early on. Bams goes out in the third. Jimmy Butler, I thought it was going to be done too. He sprained his ankle at the, very end of the uh, first half. So I thought he was going to be done or at least hobbled for most of the series. That's obviously not proven to be the case at all. Um, as he's kind of willed them. I mean, they, they battled without those two guys. They, so they didn't have them for game two or game three. Uh, and they still battled in game two. Uh, Butler kind of willed them to a, a incredible win. That was one of the best finals performances I've ever seen right up there with uh, that. I, I think, the best basketball game I've ever seen someone play was LeBron in 2018 against the Warriors or 20, yeah, 2018 in game one with the J.R. Smith um, brain uh, brain fart at the end of the he's game. He's going to get another ring, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to get another ring, J.R. Smith. He's so annoying on the bench. I can't stand it. Uh, but, like, yeah, so Butler's performance in that game, very much on par with that performance. And I remember watching that game and being like, this is the best I've ever seen someone play a basketball game before. And again, we would talk about Michael Jordan. This is like talking like players, uh, like games I was really able to like sit down and like watch the entire <laughs> thing um, live. Um, and it was too bad because I think the Heat, I mean, they showed they got off to a really big lead in that game. He said the Lakers shot the the hell out of the ball, which is not normal for them. They're normally a pretty bad three point shooting team, um, and they were still right in the mix um, until those injuries like happened. And then they kind of I, you could tell like they their energy went down at that point. They were probably demoralized um, and probably even started to believe they didn't have a chance and they needed some kind of reset. Um, they've had that force like Tyler Heroes playing a lot more minutes than he was before, which I think is exposing him a little bit more. They can't do the same with Duncan Robinson because he has to play a lot more now too. Um, they've been giving more minutes to some of these other players that like shouldn't be getting as many minutes as they're getting. Well, he actually has had some pretty good performances though, but I'm talking about like Kendrick Nunn. 
oh, yeah. uh, Solomon Hill, some of these guys that didn't even see time or very little time in the Celtics series. Um, and like I said, though, they weren't like Iguodala going out, which would hurt the Heat too. But like it was their two of their three best players getting okay. hurt. And when a team like that, where like it is the team, like you can't have a player get injured. Whereas like the Lakers could lose Caruso and it's not going to hurt them as much as like the Heat losing anybody because they're much more of a cohesive unit and they all work together. And the core of the team is like them all being healthy and working together. So like once that went out of the equation, it was like, ah, man, this is no shot. Um, so that's you. It was, ends up being a bummer because they're you know they're down three one. Like you said, I I also predicted it could go Lakers in five, and I didn't think it would be in this fashion. Um, but I think you're right. I think there's no shot that LeBron doesn't take and close it out right now in in game five. What do you got for MVP? I know we talked about this um, before the series started. Who you got, uh, LeBron James or AD? I think it's LeBron. I think AD had great performances in one and two, and I think that was going to be a different conversation. And then game three didn't have that good of a game at all. Was in foul trouble. Yeah, he, he had like game. he either had like five or or less rebounds. Yeah, pushed like, off the block. He was shooting threes and off from the corner, so not good. Yeah, only like fourteen points, something like that. Um, LeBron's been pretty consistent even if his games haven't, I mean, it doesn't look like the one we saw in Cleveland, but he, he still can get his and, and puts up really good numbers and really sets up his teammates really well. Um, so I think he's been the, I think it's easily him. The other surprising thing from this series is I also, one of my reasons why I picked the heat is I didn't think the Lakers role players could do it. And they have, yeah, uh, well. KCP played really great in, in game four, which I thought was a must win for the Lakers. I think if they got 2-2 and Bam had just come back in game four, um, it could have been a really interesting series and it would have gave the Heat a lot of confidence and made the Lakers start questioning themselves. There are, I mean, that was a close game and they were, seemed like there was some kind of tension amongst some of the players that were out of sorts a little bit um, and kind of pulled it out at the end. Uh, But yeah, Rondo has been able to hold it up. I didn't think, I thought he had a good series, but I didn't think he'd be able to maintain it. Um, like I said, KCP, Kuzma has been relatively decent. Caruso has been, you know, those two, uh, Rondo and Caruso have been like scrappy and getting those offensive rebounds, which have been like killers uh, of the heat in the, some of these close moments. Um, so I didn't anticipate that they'd be able to maintain that, like, cause I just trusted the heat's role players a little bit more. Um, but the Lakers have, have proven me wrong and stepped it up, um, and LeBron's going to win his fourth, I think. Yep, I agree with that. It's an accomplishment. So all props to them. The Lakers have been good all season. They've been one of the best teams, if not the best team, for most of the season. Tough, like, bubble restart, um, but then kind of pulled it together in the in the playoffs. Um, two of the best players in the league, so it's not completely surprising. Kind of wish it wasn't, because I prefer to see, like, a team like the Heat win. They had a better story. Um but I think LeBron's really cementing his legacy as, you know, like I put him in my top three. He might be number two at this point um, for best players in NBA history. So, um, yeah, I mean, all props to them. They, they've, it's not a shock in, in, in a lot of ways. It's more hopeful that I just wanted to see the Heat win. Um, but 
I mean, all all the props to them because they've earned it. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and since that's probably coming to an end, the games again we're recording on Thursday night. The games Friday, uh, so they had a couple of extra days off. They didn't want to compete with football on Thursday night, I guess. Uh, but what are your final thoughts on the bubble overall? Uh, NBA did a great job. I think basketball probably is the only sport with how they didn't bring everybody. Um, they had a select few they could go with, um, the size of the rosters, the size of support staff, um, using the Disney campus like that. I think it really is the only sport that can safely do it. And the NHL did a pretty good job also with two different bubbles. Um, so props to them for doing a great job with the bubble props to the players for taking it seriously for the most part, um, and not blowing it up. Um, so I give them all the credit, you know, it, it shows what a bubble is bubble is you don't leave, you know, you're there, you play, sorry. Like it kind of probably sucks for the Lakers and the heat who have been there forever and haven't been able to really see anybody for the most part. I know they've had some family interactions now, but, um, it is what a bubble is and that's where we're at right now. So props to the NBA for taking it seriously and, and getting it done. Yeah, seriously. And I think there's some really cool elements that I hope they actually consider uh, incorporating in, into this maybe a longer term or in different ways. Um, I think would be really interesting to see how they continue to do this moving forward. Um, they still might even need it in place um, when they have their restart, whenever that is for the, for the next season. Um, I they talked about it being in 2021. So if that's the case, they still might be in need of a bubble kind of environment. So it'll be interesting to see if they make any updates to improve it. Um, not sure what else they could do to improve it. It seems like it's pretty good. I think they would obviously be a little bit more challenging because they didn't bring back all the teams. So adding more teams to that could cause a little bit more issues. But um, I think overall though, it'd just be fun. I, I really enjoyed this time. I, I already, the NBA was already my favorite league and this has made it even more enjoyable. Um, and just glad to see it back and, and see the players, um, like you said, take it as seriously as they did. Um, and it proved, uh, proved out to be like a huge success. So all, all the props to them. And speaking of basketball too, um, we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out Stewie and Sue Bird winning, uh, Sue Bird winning her fourth WNBA title. Um, that was not really much of a series at all. No, um, especially the, the closeout game that was, they won by almost like 30, 40 points. Um, but I, Stewie was great. Um, and she's got a lot more titles coming her way in the, in the years to come. Um, she's an absolute stud clearly from college winning four national championships. And now, um, Two. On with the NBA coming back from injury also, she had, I think she Achilles, had, yeah. um, she's stud also incredibly nice person. I was lucky enough to meet her on a number of occasions. So, um, more power to the two of them. Um, great finish and doesn't look like Sue Bird stopping anytime soon either. So. Yeah, it's got to be good that I guess she's one of the first, um, one of a few players to win um, three or more NBA champion or championships in multiple decades. Because um, so she's won like a title in three decades now. Like she won in 2000 like one of her early years she's won in the 2010s and now she's won in 2020 so she's won you're a title. WNBA titles or are you including um NCA no that's all the um 
WNBA titles, major titles, um, which is a pretty cool accomplishment, especially a UConn alum. Um, big fan of her and Rapino and their relationship, and uh, the two of them together are really a lot of fun. Um, so it's cool to see those two celebrating um, uh, with each other, uh, all the successes that they've had in the last couple of years because Rapino winning the World Cup too. Um, but yeah, so a little disappointing that it wasn't more competitive, especially since the Aces had the MVP of the season. Um, I think the first game was, and then the last two kind of Seattle kind of dominated them a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, and good for those two. Really happy for them. Um, so another NBA or WNBA title, uh, but another basketball title uh, hand, handed out. She's the only player with four WNBA titles and four Olympic gold medals. And then, yeah, the titles in the different decades is I think, a separate thing 04, that's across multiple sports. Yeah, 04, 2010, 2018, and 2020. So um, three decades. Yeah, three different decades. I think it's like a Tiger Woods kind of thing, too. I think he's won a major in multiple decades, too. Probably. There might be, there might be four decades, four or five Yeah, I think his is four decades. Um, but, yeah, she's in rarefied air. Um, so she's a legend in her own right. Uh, so that's good with all that stuff. Uh, do you want to add anything about baseball? I know they're kind of moving along, but haven't uh, been watching it. But Yankees trying to be smarter than everybody else and blew up in their face. So <laughs> I really hate to see it. Hate to see it. Yeah, they played well in the first game, and Boone got in the way of the second game. Like that rope a dope taking the pitcher out of the first inning was silly. I don't. I think A-Rod kind of summed it up the best. These analytics get in the way some days. Just play. Play the yeah. game. Get your players out there. Grind it out and play. So, um, But Tampa Bay has some very good starting pitching, and that's clearly what was lacking for the Yankees um, was their starting pitching. And when you have those starting pitchers that can go a long way in the playoffs, you're setting yourself up for a lot of success. So um, always give Tampa Bay a little credit, just being that team that just kind of figures out a way with lack of support in Tampa Bay and a lower payroll to, to turn their farm system into a successful team every so many years before those players become good and have to leave like Price, like Longoria, stuff like that. So, Yeah, the Astros have been surprising, though. Um, seem like they're on like a revenge tour of their own. I'm not super happy about them being able to, to be successful, um, but, yeah, they're playing well. Um, That's just – so Correa came out and tried to play the victim card when it's like any other year, they would not have made the playoffs having a losing record and you cheated. You're not the victim in this situation. You cheated and got away with it. You got immunity and all that. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm not happy that the Astros are on a roll right now, nor do I think they should be. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if, how long they're able to continue. I think they were, they were up two games to zero and I think they were winning. Um, yeah, they're up five now in the ninth inning, so they're likely going to win that series. Um, also, just because I just checked on ESPN, Titans-Bills game was moved to Tuesday. Um, official right now. So that's an interesting move. Um, see if anybody keeps testing positive or not. So uh, I feel like the, every time I wake up in the morning and get in my car and turn on the radio, there's a new Titans positive. So I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so... We'll see what ends up happening there. It's been fun to watch the what is affectionately known here as the Slam Diego Padres. Um, a tough, uh, 
Tatis got robbed of a home run at a key moment um, by the Dodgers uh, last night. Um, so that's too bad. It seems like they're going to get beat. It sucks they had to play the Dodgers, who both of us, both of us, I think, had predicted that they'd probably come out on top of this season. Um, and they're playing like it so far. So too bad. But it was a fun run. Uh, San Diego was kind of uh, crazy on that. Was it Saturday or Friday? Um, Friday night um, after they closed out the series and came back to, to win that game. Um, they're fun to watch. They're young. So it'll be cool to see them um over the years hopefully i would like to look into getting season tickets not too difficult to get them so it'll be fun um all right so parks and rec we're restarting that uh through peacock it actually wasn't too bad with the commercials they only had about two or three in an episode and only like a minute long so it's pretty quick um so i didn't mind that too much i mean i have the dvd so i don't have to do it but it was easier um to just watch it on peacock uh, so we were supposed to do one, two, and three. We're just going to do one and two. Um, and we had, like I said, we had some categories just to catch everyone up again. So season two ended with um, Chris and Ben showing up, kind of shutting down the government and Pawnee overall. Um, and so this kind of picks it up right after that had happened. Um, so in the first episode um it's them kind of being allowed to come back into the office and so leslie is rounding up the troops and that's kind of the first episode is them kind of being allowed to come back but not have any budget or much uh, ability to do anything except for maintenance work um that's a quick summary of the first episode and the second episode is uh as a result of something that happens in the first episode which is they plan a harvest festival which was something that was done in the past in pawnee it can bring in a lot of money and revenue to uh the town without having to uh cost much of anything except for people's time um, which leslie is no uh stranger to sacrificing in order to make stuff happen for the for the town of pawnee um so she gets approval for that and the second episode is I'm trying to make that happen, but it's in the midst of, which is a perfectly kind of relevant episode, flu season, um, flu, flu, which, flu. which there was some uh, very timely things. And again, this episode aired years ago. Um, and it was just about the regular flu. So it's not nearly to, like it has no intention of being that. It's just kind of interesting to watch it in the time that we're in now, um, looking back. Um, how they handled some of the stuff and how they were talking about Leslie being in quarantine cause she's sick and, you know, Chris running around wearing a mask, um, and stuff like that. So that was what that whole episode was about. So we're going to introduce some categories. Um, first one being of those two, which one was your favorite episode? Uh, the flu one was definitely my favorite of the two watching them. Um, I just thought there were funnier moments. Um, you got introduced to the Ron and Andy, um, working together and doing stuff so i like their banter with each other and then the april and banter was pretty funny it kind of brought back the april character i really like where she's like knows she's being a bitch but she's just smiling all the way through it as she was hitting that buzzer to bring uh ann back and she just has that april smile on her face um so those are two i think the flu one for sure and again like when you when you start off a season again you kind of have to roll in some information and set the scene so uh first episodes can't always be good but sometimes you gotta it's it can sometimes just be an information episode 
Yeah, and they kind of did like a lead in with that, where it's kind of like, hey, here's a quick refresher of what just happened uh, at the end of season two. Um, and they don't really do that ever again. So I don't know if that was an unusual thing where they had a really long time in between these seasons or not. Um, that when. Or it could have been a writer's strike, too. That's what I'm trying to. I don't remember because there was a writer's strike that affected the office, but I don't remember if that was also going on at this so it could have been a writer's strike going on there so that yeah, might have been. been um i'm with you i also really enjoyed the flu episode even i i watched the third episode um but like even among those three it was definitely episode two um this also just starts to feel this is the parks and rec that i love is like this is when it really starts to pick up is, is season two uh season three sorry um and so it really feels like like these are the characters i know and love um and so i've i thought um this is like a nice way to kind of introduce reintroduce them again after a long break um and get to spend some time with these characters and see them kind of start to focus their time on specific people and relationships um they've kind of figured out which pairings work and um which ones to focus on uh when it comes to favorite quotes uh from any one stand out to you i have a couple I personally always love a good poop joke or farting. Always funny. You don't find it funny. There's something wrong with you. But when Chris Traeger looks in the mirror after he gets the flu and just coaching himself, stop pooping. <laughs> I don't know if it's because Rob Lowe says that. That makes it so funny. But I lost it the first time. I, I My cousins and I find poop jokes very hilarious and fart jokes. So I literally went back and I like videotaped it and sent it to him. <laughs> Um, like after taco tuesday night so that quote had me laughing um so definitely that was my favorite quote out of all of them yeah that one i like the um my favorite is andy when leslie's heading to the uh hospital and he goes i typed your symptoms into the thing up here and it says you could have network connectivity problems such a great line i laugh at that every single time he sells it, it too. Like, yeah, it's such such a good thing. So the uh, funny thing that I've learned since, and it wasn't from anything. It was just something I've learned from like my time with Parks and Rec. Improvised. That line was not in the script at all. Andy, uh, whatever, uh, Chris Pratt improvised that line in the moment, um, which they like loved it. Thought it was hilarious, so they obviously kept it in. Um, so I thought that was just a fun little. Uh, what do you call it, Snapple fact or whatever about that yeah. quote? Because it's a, one of the best lines in the entire sh- series, and uh, that's a good one. I love uh, Ron saying, "You had me at meat tornado." Uh, when they're going to get burritos, um, so I thought that was a great line. I think those are, yeah, those were the um, the two lines that I had. Re- I had another one from the third episode, but I'll save that one. Um, all right, so those are some of our favorite quotes. Um, one was a. Uh when Tom is refing um, and all the <laughs> things he's making up that are fouls. And you get to shoot from the stripey thing over there. Um, That's a that foul was- for, no, for, on number four for taking a number two on number three or something <laughs> like that. Uh, which actually that leads into favorite scenes. And that's actually one of my favorite scenes is that whole uh, stretch where Tom's like basically fouling out. Uh, they have like a youth rec league, basketball league. Um, and uh, so Tom is angry because Ron, we found out at the end of season two, he's now dating um, Tom's ex-wife. Um, 
and obviously he's jealous of that. Um, so he starts fouling out all of Ron's players and that whole sequence of he has, doesn't even understand basketball, so he's calling fouls for no reason except to piss Ron off. And then he gets so, Ron so angry that he ends up doing a Bobby Knight, which he already looks like Bobby Knight. Yeah, and he's dressed the like in the way chair. he's talking and everything. So, yeah, I was waiting for you to get to that. Yeah, so that whole sequence. And then as a result of that, you know, uh, Ron's team forfeits, Andy's team wins, and then Andy all celebrating, and then he goes, uh, eat it, like, to one of the kids <laughs> right in his face and, like, bragging to the kid and then takes a Gatorade bottle and is just dumping it on his head to celebrate. Um, like, Andy as a basketball coach in general was another one of my favorite ones where he's, like, uh, focus on the fundamentals with an emphasis on fun and mental. Uh, and he's just sitting on the ground eating pizza and then, like, puts, like, some, like, tennis racket thing over a kid's head and he's just, again, just eating a piece of pizza, which makes no sense, but I was, like very much in line with Andy, um, which is actually, uh, like they, they really focus on Andy's, uh, character a lot in these couple first couple episodes, um, which I really liked, um, like between him and April and then just Andy in general. Um, like, like you said, him getting to spend time with Ron, um, him like working with Chris to get, um, well, you haven't actually gotten to that yet. That's in the third episode trying not to jump too far ahead because i watched the third episode um but yeah they spent a lot of time with andy in these first three episodes so um it's fun to, to kind of see that i loved i kind of alluded to these two but i loved when ron and andy were grilling in his office talking about like different political parties and governments and uh i thought that back and forth you know, talking about communism and different things like that and libertarianism um and just kind of that whole sequence them together the whole time um the football I, scene in the yeah, in the, the parking lot scene was good and then ron's facial expressions i think just take over you know when he first realizes he should hire andy that smile he has on his face and then uh, andy walked up the window sorry i dropped another call and he just gives him the thumbs up and that, <laughs> that smile he has um and then like i said the april and scenes were awesome like Anne counting down her minutes to get off when she got off and then she just like rips into her like what the fuck is your problem um and just goes after her about that and um also april um when ann tries to be nice bringing in two pillows so what are you trying to do trying to smother me nurse nurse (laughs) pulls out like the plastic knife from her mess hall meal she's trying to kill me in here yeah so um i like the yeah i definitely like those two characters together i thought they did well together um in that episode yeah, those were some really good pairings and, and really great uh, reintroductions to, to them, like I said, as the start of the season. Um, any least favorite scenes from those two episodes? Anything you didn't like? I didn't have a least favorite scene. Like? I didn't love the first episode, how they brought um, Anne and Chris together in that sort of way. I think, um, I think they could have gotten out of the scene a little better when... Um, when Leslie gets the money, like when Chris agrees to it and she's like, uh, plan complete. And I yeah. Think mission she, accomplished. I had the exact moment. And I just think she could have gone, well, that was my mission walking in here. I just, I'm trying to get money for the wreck and not throw Anne under the bus. So I, I didn't love that part of it. Um, I mean, I like Anne and Chris together. So I'd have to say, I just thought that was, a, I don't want to say lazy, but I, I, I don't think they had to go the route they went. I agree. Chris Traeger to say, I've had a bad date now. So, right. Um, I think it, 
I had the exact same moment written down as my least favorite part is she easily could have gotten herself out of it. She'd be like, mission accomplished, and be like, wait, what do you mean? And she'd be like, I was really hoping that you'd give us money. That's what my mission was, was to get you to do this at some point, and it just so happened that you just did. Um, obviously, Leslie gets super nervous and freaks out, so that's why she ended up throwing Anne under the bus. I think it would have been interesting to do like a conflict in a different way, where it's kind of like, Ben ends up telling Chris that that's what their goal was and and then creating the conflict between Leslie and Ben would have been an interesting dynamic because they have uh, an interesting relationship right now where they kind of get along and work with each other and then there's moments of tension between those two. So I think that would have been better than the Chris Ann one because there's no reason to introduce the tension between Chris and Ann. Um, Although Ann does a great job recovering and apologizing to Chris. Which you do learn a lot about Chris, too, which is nice. Uh, between him and Ben, you start to learn a little bit more about them. So, like, Chris uh, goes on a date with Anne, and we get to a little bit more into his background. She asks him why he's so positive all the time. So we learn a little bit about that history. Um, ben, a little bit more about his time as mayor uh, and the catastrophe that it was as, as an 18-year-old mayor. Um, so it's kind of cool to kind of get a little bit more insights into their backgrounds. Um, but yeah, I had the exact same moment. Um, definitely going to handle that a little bit differently. Um, I won't do best cold open, but that's another one that we should introduce, um, at some point. So like just until the opening credits play, um, usually those have some funny moments. Um, so let's skip that one for now. But then the other one, uh, your favorite character over the uh, episodes. Um, Chris Traeger, I went with, um, and you kind of summed up a little bit reminds I see myself in him a little bit minus, you know, how fit and it's Rob Lowe. Um, (laughs) You have 2.3% body fat. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 none of that. But kind of like, I like to think I'm a half glass full, full positive guy, but I hate bad news like him and I avoid it. Like he does when he runs out of the room and puts like, throws Ben under the bus all the time. Yeah, he did that in the first episode again. Yeah. Yeah. I avoid bad news. I don't, I don't like it. So I feel the same way, but then like, I'm always want to be the positive guy and, stuff like that so i see myself in chris traeger a fair amount um so i just kind of connect with it and i just have a love for rob Lowe, so yeah he also has a great moment in the um in the gay bar that they go to uh when one of the gay guys wants to buy him a drink and he is so appreciative he ends up buying him, that guy and his friends a, a round of drinks and stuff uh and he's like high-fiving them in the background you can yeah. see it in like a next scene um but like yeah handles it so well and it just has a great time where like again it's just super positive can make the best of any moment in any situation and, and make everybody else very happy even if they were like the guy was rejected essentially and probably felt embarrassed that he went up to a straight man and was like trying to get him a, like a drink and chris like turns it around and like makes it like a much better situation for everyone um my pick is andy uh because i thought they really spent a lot of time with him and i I love spending that time with him because I think it was more like he's still like the, you know, the village idiot, so to speak. And the, you know, the one that's like, uh, like almost overly dumb and unbelievably dumb. But I was just more fun. It was more charming, like the way they were spending their time with him. And it was just um, I love that time. And, and again, seeing him and uh, and uh, or sorry, April start to uh, spend like see their relationship and how it's developing um stuff like that so uh yeah andy was my favorite over over that time period good choice uh all right so we'll do three 
Want to do three, four, five, six? Want to do four? Yeah, we do four. Okay. That'll make it more fun, too, with some of these categories. And we'll see how we these play out. We might even come up with different names for them and, and different ones as we go along. Um, oh, the other one I want to talk about, do you have a favorite side character at all in the first couple episodes? There wasn't really any, so we can save that. But that's another one I want to introduce because, like I mentioned, there's, like, John Ralphio moments. Yeah. Um, and so as that happens, I want to see uh, more. They'll be more prominent, and I would be a fun discussion to be like, our, who are our favorite side characters over those three episodes? Um, all right, cool. So three, four, five, and six uh, for next week. Um, so that's it. Um, I know you're happy about there's some West Wing special. I just had a trailer drop, so you're um, excited about that. We normally tape on Wednesdays, so this will come out on the 15th. Um, I'm still exploring it. I think it's a big thing for HBO. Uh, it's HBO Max now. What the heck is HBO? Yeah, it's HBO Max. So the trailer just dropped today. Um, West Wing with um, Michelle Obama's voting group is pretty much doing a stage reading of the Hartsfield Landing episode, I believe, from season three. Um, and it looks outstanding. Um, the trailer looks amazing. I am a West Wing fanatic. Um, I watch it all the time. I just pick episodes, you know, I basically fall asleep watching to it at night. Um, it's my comfort show. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I think they're going to do a great job with, uh, the characters they have. It's cool seeing them grow older, but they're definitely still just as passionate about their characters and they do a great job you know they they show part of the scene with um toby and president bartlett in that that is and it's still as passionate you honestly see uh the the tears in richard Schiff's eyes when he's doing the scene like it clearly still means a lot for them um and then sterling k brown looks like he's going to step in for the role of leo um with a sad passing john spencer during that series but i think he will do an outstanding job i know him and sorkin have you know sorkin's kind of not i don't want to say joke but rumored that he would love to do a series with him similar to the west wing with sterling k brown being the president um so i think he'll slide in there great but uh thrilled to see them back on stage together um and i gotta do my homework and figure out how i'm gonna watch that um but i will be watching it 100 percent. cool yeah i'll probably check that out too i i was more i fell off midway through but i enjoyed my time like watching the west wing um when i was watching it um i finished ted lasso it was fun i really enjoyed that uh show they they closed it out nice and like i said they already have renewed for a second season so um a lot of fun very heartwarming heartwarming wow that heartwarming show very charming character um very positive if you're looking for that kind of like positive vibe this is like the perfect show for that um, just a feel-good show, um, the cool story, um, and so I'm excited for that season two of that. That was a good time. Glad I started that, and then I I finally they added uh, the Good Place uh, final season on Netflix. So I, I crushed through those episodes and sad to see those characters. It's a whole series finale, um, so it's tough to to say goodbye to that show because it only lasted four seasons. But um, that's a really good show if you haven't watched that as well. Um, Another similar vibes uh, is from the creator of uh, the Parks and Rec, Mike Schur, and um, The Office. So has similar vibes to those kind of very positive, uh, feel-good moment shows. Um, so I really enjoyed that, um, catching up and watching the final season of that. 
All right, so we'll see what happens with the NFL. If anything else pops up, we should have an NBA Finals champion. Um, even if it's not tomorrow, or like Friday night, it's going to be in the next probably day or two. I don't see the the Heat winning three uh, three games in a row against the Lakers. Um, so that's likely to be finished up, and uh, we'll catch back up on Parks and Rec and start going there. Sounds see good. Every, see everyone uh, next week.